Since you enjoy this show, I thought I'd throw out there another podcast you might like. It's a show about the intersection of design, technology, and the creative process. It's the Design Better podcast. And in each episode, hosts Eli Woolery and Aaron Walter bring you conversations with inspiring creative thinkers like John Cleese and David Sedaris, people who bring design and technology together like Tony Fadal, co-inventor of the iPhone and the iPod. So far, some standout episodes for me have been when they talk to John Cleese of Monty Python about creativity. That is one of my favorite topics and one of my favorite people. Then also one of my favorite musicians, Tycho, about his creative process. And they talk with Seth Godin about how creativity is an act of generosity. I've always been fascinated by design, the creativity behind it, the implementation of it, both to improve our lives from a functionality and user interface standpoint, also from an artful bringing beauty into the world approach. So whether you're a design curious person like me or a design pro, Design Better is a great listen that inspires and informs. Subscribe to the Design Better podcast at designbetterpodcast.com or in your favorite podcast app like the one you're using right now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. One of the biggest questions that I get asked is, how do I have a day job as well as produce this podcast as a side project as well as have a wife and two kids? I was glad to have Sean McCabe, author of Overlap, start a business while working on a full-time job on the show to talk about this very question. And the key lies in that word, overlap. In this conversation with Sean, we talk about starting new things while doing old things, how to decide which new things to experiment with and test them out to see if they're worthwhile moving forward into, dealing with the scarcity mindset and including margin and focus time to work on side projects while continuing on in a day job, as well as balancing family and relationships. Well, this week, it is my privilege to welcome to the show, Sean McCabe. Welcome to the show, Sean. Great to be here, Eric. So we have a couple of different uh, mutual connections here. Most likely the one that people will know of, uh, well, two of them, is Jeff Goins and then also Ryan McRae, two recent visitors to the show. And so number one, uh, you met Ryan up in, what conference was that where he saw? This was a craft and commerce conference. I just met Ryan recently. And that's put on by, why am I blanking? Oh, it's uh, Nathan Berry, yes. his company, ConvertKit. Yes, ConvertKit. So, and and uh, I went to uh, a workshop, two or three day workshop, uh, down in Nashville with Nathan and a bunch of other people, in, act, actually including Jeff Goins, who's also in Nashville, where you will also be, where I will also be, even coming up in September, the weekend of the fifteenth, sixteenth, and seventeenth for Jeff's tribes, tribes or tribe. I forget. Tribe Tribe Conference, tribe which conference, I've been yes. to once before, and that is going to be an awesome time. So this is my first time, though I've wanted to go every single year. Uh, I've just not gotten around to it. Shame on me. But I just want to put this out there. Hey, if you can 
go within driving distance or even flying distance. And after this conversation, you want to see Sean and Jeff Goins and John Acuff, who was just on the show, and Crystal Payne, who was just on the show. There's a bunch of people that have been on the show, in other words, that are going to be speaking. And so it's going to be a really awesome time. Come see me too, by the way. Uh, so anyway, so let's get into this. You have a brand new book out that is called Overlap. And this is a really intriguing subject. So what is Overlap? The Overlap process is basically using your day job to help you start your own business on the side. So it's starting a business while you're working a full-time day job. And I know there's a lot of people who they have a lot of passions, they have something that they want to do, they know what it is. And then there's other people who they don't really know what they want to do, or maybe they haven't really been able to figure out what to pursue, but they know that they want something more. And they're hearing these messages like, you know, you should do what you love. You should you know, Steve Jobs says you need passion. You know, it's like pursue your passion. We're getting all these messages, but it, it, there's a lot of people with families to support and they got to put food on the table and they've, they've got to have a roof over their heads and pay rent. And they need something a little more practical than quit your job and hope for the best. It's just quit and the rest will work itself out. And of course, it's, it's much more involved than that. Totally. And see, this is where the, <laughs> forgive me, overlap of this book overlap with what Jeff Goins just released, Real Artists Don't Starve, is this fact that you can do art. You can do business about your art even, and you can have a lifestyle and a living doing the things that you're supposed to do and don't have to just feel stuck in where you're at or in a day job you don't like doing or work that you don't enjoy but can move over into work that you do enjoy. The other cool thing, though, is this This isn't just about, and, and your example, as you kick off the book, explains, this isn't just about overlapping a boring day job that I don't like with something super exciting that I'm trying to build on the side. This is also kind of a blueprint, if you will, of moving from thing to thing to thing that you like, because... It's never just a one stop, like I move from this one thing and now to this other thing and now I'm done and I'm going to do that thing for the rest of my life. Totally. Like, for, I don't know if this is the way it works for everyone, but for me, I always find that even when I settle into something that I enjoy or I enjoy most of, I come to discover this creative void somewhere. You know, like at one point I was in a band full time and, and I, you know, started a, a business on the side to help support that and then eventually stepped down from the band and took the business full time. But I didn't anticipate the creative void that would come from leaving the band and, and not playing music anymore. And that's kind of where I started pursuing design on the side. And so for me, it's been this continual process of overlapping and, and kind of figuring out what is it that I like to do? What What is that next thing? And how can I get to that next thing without just taking a leap and hoping for the best? And so overlap is essentially the process of getting there without taking a leap and more of a transition. And this is really all about not having breakups or not having burnt bridges. It's although quitting isn't all that bad, by the way, like you even say that. There's certain situations, certain things where like, no, what you need to do in this situation is literally quit. Totally. I mean, if you're in a toxic environment or, you know, a horrible boss or anything like that, I mean, you got to get out of there. But 
something has to cover the bills. Because let's just say you you're like, I'm done. I'm done with the job. I'm going to I'm going to do my full thing because you're thinking like, I really care about this thing. I'm going to give it the time and attention it deserves. And I'm going to see if if I can make it. Well, immediately you put financial pressure on whatever it is that you're passionate about, whether it's art, whether it's coding apps, it's financial pressure because you've got to pay the bills. You got to find a way to make money from this thing. And so it essentially brings about scarcity mindset. You know, you imagine like, I don't know if you ever saw that. um, uh, What is it called? It's I I keep forgetting the name. It's this documentary series. It's about um, like animals and the earth. What's the they just came out with the second version. Do you know what I'm talking about? Isn't it planet Earth? Planet Earth. Yes. (laughs) I was watching a planet Earth 2, which is amazing. You got to go check it out if you haven't. (laughs) And they were they were doing the desert edition. And, you know, there's like these lions that are roaming about. And sometimes they have to go for days or weeks without, uh, you know, being able to hunt. And so they're just on the prowl. They're looking out, you know, for that next meal or other animals are looking out for the water. Like you got to do whatever it takes. And when you're in this place where you have financial pressure on what you want to do, you're in a place where you have to do whatever it takes. And sometimes that means saying yes to otherwise not great situations like clients that you know are going to be nightmare clients, Mm. taking them on just to pay the bills. And what ends up happening, and I I think a lot of us know people who have done this, they quit and, and try and make this thing work all at once. And they start taking on clients that they don't really want to work with or projects they don't want to do just to pay the bills. And eventually they end up hating what they once loved to do. They end up killing the passion because of this scarcity mindset. And so overlap is basically taking something that covers the bills so that you don't have the financial pressure on this thing and you have the freedom to do, to try, to explore and find what you like to do and build your skills up in that thing before you put all that financial pressure on it. I have a mental picture here of like a stronger plant covering over a younger seedling that's slowly growing up next to it that's in its shade uh except for when it needs to get its sun obviously and uh that that's kind of that overlap there that it's like this organic thing and you let this this little plant grow up bit by bit to see what it's going to how much fruit it's going to bear yeah so you got this big like huge let's say it's an oak tree or something and it's just solid like a rock you know and that's that's providing your sustenance. And if you ever needed to rest against this tree, you just lean against it, your full weight, and it's going to support you. But if you were to lean against this young sapling and you put your full weight against it before it's grown, before you've allowed it to build up itself, you're going to crush that thing. You're going you're gonna to kill your passion. And the other thing is, is that if you are in one of those toxic environments that you do need to quit, unfortunately, yeah, you you probably should, but maybe you should find another, I don't know, this is just my take, let, let me see what you think. I would say find another, quote, day job so that you're not possibly going into that passion area and taking on those clients that then are also toxic, you know? For sure, totally. So yeah, get out of the bad situation, but cover that foundation. Get a day job that covers 100% of your bills so that so that on the side you can start building up your skills and creating different income streams. 
So a lot of people who are just getting started building a business, maybe at one point you made money one way or another. You know, someone paid you 50 bucks for a job. You did a contract here, commission there, and you made a little bit of money. Now you're looking at your monthly bills that you have to pay. And you're looking at this one thing you did at one point to make some money on the side. And you do a little bit of basic math and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to do dozens or maybe even hundreds of those jobs just to support myself every month. And you start getting overwhelmed. But when you talk to anyone who's been doing this for a while, any successful entrepreneur, they all have diversified sources of income. Their money is coming from more than just one place. And so it's it's actually much easier to make money from just about anything that you enjoy doing than you might realize because it your money doesn't have to come from just one place. What about somebody who isn't in necessarily a toxic situation, but that so they could stay where they're at, even though they don't necessarily like it. You'd say don't quit that day job. You have reasons to make that work for now. Yeah. So the point of overlapping, it's not for everyone. It's for someone who wants to start a business, someone who wants financial freedom, creative freedom, like they want to build their own thing on the side. And that's not everyone. But if it is you, the day job is you have to reframe the way you think about it because people think, oh, if you got a day job, you know, it's kind of like taking a step back. Like you didn't really make it. You're not a serious entrepreneur. You're not a business owner. But really, taking a day job is not giving up on your dream. It's supporting it. It's saying, I care about this thing enough to maybe say no to it right now so that I can say yes to it in the right time. So if you're in a day job that isn't your absolute favorite thing to do, that's okay. This can support what you want to do. But the litmus test of figuring out whether the kind of day job you have is the kind that will support what you want to do is this question. When you come home from your day job, do you find yourself exhausted and depleted of all the energy you need to pursue that thing on the side? Or do you find yourself charged up and ready to pursue what you're passionate about? Now, a lot of people at this point are thinking, well, I find myself exhausted every time <laughs> I come home from the day job. I'm, I, I'm not motivated. I don't want to do anything. I just want to collapse on the couch. And for a lot of people, it's like, that's that's what work is. You know, there is no such thing as a day job that charges you. It sounds like such a foreign concept. But where a day job will charge you is when it's in a different industry than what you're passionate about. So if you think about it, whatever you enjoy doing, let's say you are an artist or a designer, you're a very creative person. Well, if you have a day job where you're required to use that passion, that same passion, because maybe you want to start your own uh, design firm, or you you want to sell your art, you want to build a business on, on the side for your art. If you're working in a day job that uses that, maybe your boss or your manager is telling you to do this and do that and change your art and give me another revision, give me another revision, give me another revision. It's going to suck your soul away. You're going to come home from that job where you're trying to use your passion there, but it's in the wrong environment. You're going to come home from that job and you're just going to be exhausted pursuing your thing on the side is going to be the last thing that you want to do. I think there's one other person out there who we've not yet identified in in these uh, options. And I think it's that person that is going to what, what we're talking about in terms of overlap is really good advice. But for them, if they even if they don't have a toxic environment, 
and they don't dislike their day job and they have something that's just super passionate they want to go out and do, they may never actually go do it if they literally just don't up and quit and move literally into survival mode with it because that's the way their personality works. Oh, yeah, that's actually totally true. So, I mean, for some people, they they just have to quit and like they need that that rush and that thrill and that pressure to just like, all right. I'm going to I'm going to jump in and learn how to swim or I'm going to build a, a parachute on the way down after jumping out of the plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, yeah, overlap is for someone who's like, I can't afford to take a massive risk right now. And I need something more practical that I know will work for sure because I've got a family to support or, you know, I'm at a point in my life where like, I mean, hey, uh, you could win the lottery. That works for some people. <laughs> I don't know that buying a bunch of tickets is a winning strategy. So like for me, I'm just like a really practical guy and I wanted to make a system that works no matter what. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic. For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, definitely. Meeting-free Fridays. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort. Thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond. Again, go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash beyond. I am much more of the mentality of overlap And especially when it comes to the fact that if there is something that you want to create good work in that isn't the thing you're already doing it in, or maybe you are, but on a very small scale, some people may think, okay, but my day job is, it is paying for me to do all this stuff and all of that. But don't forget that that day job is also paying for like your bills, your school loans, your things like that. Like paying off your debt is actively working on that passion as well. 
Yeah, that's very true. It's the it's building the foundation. In fact, mm-hmm. in the book Overlap, I talk about getting to the new zero. So what I call the new zero is you take that monthly expense number that we were remembering a moment ago and you multiply that by six. You can do this for your personal finances or your business finances. Take that monthly expense, multiply it by six. That's your new zero. Think of that as the new zero. So if you don't have that much set aside in the bank, cash reserves, think of yourself as being in the hole. And the idea, the reason for this is to kind of create a hunger within you to, to set aside those cash reserves because that's going to become your runway uh, in this overlapping process. Well, some of that some of that reserves could come out of the small amount, if you're making any at all, off that smaller tree, that sapling. Mm-hmm. But the oak is where the majority of it is going to come from. And so, hence, don't quit the day job just yet. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, so great point. The day job is providing most of that support. However, when you're first starting out, the first thing you're doing is figuring out whether you actually are passionate about this idea. Because a lot of us have ideas of passions, things that we think we want to do, like we daydream at the job and we're like, okay, maybe I want to do this, maybe I want to do that. Some of us are like, I want to be a best-selling author. But when we actually explore and try it, because you see, if you quit the day job and you're like, all right, I'm going to be a best-selling author, suddenly you have to wake up and write every day. And that's kind of a sucky time to realize that you hate writing. <laughs> you know, you like you wanted to be a best-selling author and here, here you are hating the process of writing, but, but it's do or die, right? You have to do it because now you need the finances from it and you got to figure out a way. Whereas when you're overlapping, you don't have that pressure. And so you can wake up and you can say, okay, I, I woke up a few hours before I need to go to my job or maybe it's in the evening after you've come home and you start writing and you realize, I don't actually like the act of writing. And it's this auditing of these ideas of passions and finding things that you like the act of doing. So it's not just the idea of becoming a best-selling author, but do you like the act of writing every single day? And what overlapping allows you to do is it gives you this period to try and do and explore. And it's not wasted time. When you try something and you find out, I don't like the act of doing this, that's not wasted time. That's, that's progress. You found something you don't like to do. So it's bringing you a little bit closer and you're exploring. And finally, you find something that, you know what? I love the act of doing this. I could wake up and I could actually do this every single day. Then it comes time to build up those skills. Now you need to actually be good at what you do because there, there are different ways you can make money. We talked about multiple income streams. I call these the trifecta. So you've got client work, products, and teaching. The really cool thing about client work is you do work and you get paid. Or actually, you get paid and you do work. Always get paid up front. <laughs> Don't forget that. Always get paid up front. But the cool thing is, boom, immediately you've got cash. You do the work and then maybe you get the 50% payment at the end. Boom, you got cash. With products, yeah, products can be great eventually in the long term to build up passive income, but it's a long-term investment. You've got to have upfront capital. You got to do, and typically most manufacturers of products will have you do large runs. So it costs a lot. You've got inventory sitting on the shelf and it takes a while to recoup that uh, investment that you've made. So starting with client work, on the side, while you've got a day job, is a great way to make cash. So 
you start building up these uh, this separate, think of it like a separate bank account, right? At first, you're just trying, you're doing, you're exploring, and then you start to get clients, which, you know, we can zoom into any of this, whatever whatever is interesting to you, Eric. Um, but you, you save up all of that money. Any money you make on the side, you save it up because your, your bills are already covered. The day job has that. So any money you make on the side, you build that up. So you start with client work, you get some capital from the client work that you can then invest into products. And finally, the third part is teaching. By the time you've done the work of working with clients, eventually selling products, you have experience. And that experience is something that you can share with others. I'd like to take a quick moment to say thank you to Seth Godin's Alt-MBA Workshop for sponsoring this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. The Alt-MBA Workshop is an intensive leadership and management workshop designed for people who are looking to level themselves up and make a bigger impact. Through the course of the workshop, you're working on 13 projects and pushing forward creating work instead of passively learning like other courses. The Alt-MBA is truly drinking from a fire hose and rewiring your brain for new, better habits as you practice those habits over the course of the workshop. Yes, it's challenging, but it boasts a 96% completion rate, and the alumni say they'd do it again in a heartbeat. So roll your sleeves up and get ready to work, and head on over to altmba.com slash beyond. And for special consideration, you can mention this podcast in your application. Again, that's altmba.com slash beyond. Go find out if Seth Godin's Alt-MBA workshop is the next step for you. Before going into those three, you called it the trifecta, right? Yeah, so three methods of generating income. Yeah, so before you go into those three methods of generating income, and you can even, I would say, you know, most of us, getting back to this passion thing for just a second, mm-hmm. so many of us are passionate about lots of things. And so we, one, don't even know that first step of which thing to start experimenting with, let alone then of that thing, which of those three to start going into. And so you've got multiple different ways to you know, different directions and then directions off that direction in terms of monetization to start playing around with. How would you suggest people start to not only test out which of their passions might have some legs to it, but which ones of those might have uh, money legs for lack of a better term? <laughs> That's a great question. I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up. So many of us have multiple ideas of things and we talked about auditing, you know, at least start by figuring out that you like the act of doing it. So give yourself permission to try this. It's an exploratory phase. That's the missing piece that I think so many don't have when they quit and try to just make this all happen at once. They don't have that exploratory phase where they can they can try something, not have the pressure and figure out if they like the act of doing it. Now, maybe you're stuck even before that. Maybe you're like, well, I don't even know which thing to try. And depending on whether you are like me and you like to stay inside all the time, you're more introverted or whether you like to go outside. I've got two different analogies for you. So a lot of us feel like we're sitting in our office chair and there's 360 degrees of options all around us. You know, imagine yourself spinning around in multiple circles in your office chair at, you know, at your desk. 
There's 360 degrees of options. You could go in any direction. There's so many things you could do, so many things you like doing, so many things you're great at. And what if you pick the wrong one? That's what we feel like. And you know, if you're a more like outdoorsy person, you could imagine yourself <laughs> spinning around in a forest, you know, full of evergreens. You know, what what if you start heading in the wrong direction? And we feel like it's going to hold us back. And so we sit there and we, we just ponder and we think and we overthink and we don't move. We don't act when really it's much more like a starting line at the beginning of a race. Picture a white line painted on the asphalt at the beginning of a race and all of the arrows point forward. You literally cannot pick the wrong thing because the wrong thing will lead you to the right thing. And if you don't believe me, Look back on your history right now, all of the things you've done up until this point, prior jobs, pr past projects, people you worked with, and you will find that in your work today, you utilize things that you've learned at every single past pursuit. You still utilize things, working with customers, you know, in retail, sales on the phone, you know, it, it, so many things that you've done in different jobs, you use those things today. So let's say you pick the quote unquote wrong thing to pursue. You're either going to quickly find out that you don't like the act of doing it, which is good and that's progress. So you can move on to the next thing or you do it for a while and figure out, you know what, I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to overlap to the next thing and you're going to bring things with you. So meanwhile, the other version of you in the alternate universe is still spinning in their office chair. They're still pondering, you know, in the forest, which way do I go? And you've already made progress. I like to yeah. say, Eric, that you can't steer a parked car if you want to think of it that way. Like <laughs> any step is forward progress. Yeah, because even a wrong turn is in motion. And then that momentum gets you towards the thing you're supposed to be headed towards. Yeah, you got, you got to overcome that, that initial friction, you know, inertia. Yeah. Yeah. That, that paralysis is just, it's, it's crazy making. What about the fact that a lot of us in this process, as we're experimenting with things, we aren't in this alone. We may not be single. We may have a spouse or we may have a spouse and kids or just kids. We have people that depend on us. How do we get them on board with this new experimentation with these passions that we have? So I, I tend to find two different lines of thinking. Some people are like, you know, I, I really it's it's super important to me that my family is on board and, you know, they're not on board. Maybe it's maybe it's parents, maybe it's siblings or maybe it's your spouse. And other people are like, it doesn't matter, you know, like just put in the work, put your head down, and eventually like, they'll come to believe you. They'll, they'll come to understand where you're coming from and, and all of that. But I like to think of it as a Flintstones car. So you're driving this Flintstones car, which uh, if, for those that don't know, the bottom of the car is open and you're pedaling with your feet. And the people in your life that are close to you, that you care about, that you love, they're in the Flintstones car with you. And you might think, well, does it really matter if they're on board? Like, as long as they're not being negative and, and, and trying to talk me out of this, it's okay, right? Do they really have to support me? Does it really matter? And I like to think of it as a Flintstones car where the people in your life, they may not be backpedaling, but if they're not helping you move forward towards your goal, they're essentially dead weight. They're sitting in this car and it's slowing the car down. It's actually making it really, really hard for you to move forward 
with them not on board. And so I think it's super important to get the people in your life on board. And that's something that you have to communicate. It's something that you need to invest in. And if you want the people in your life to invest in you, you want their buy-in, you want their support, you also have to invest in them. And you've got to actually start by investing in them because here you are wanting to do your thing and you're saying, oh, why don't you support me? You know, (laughs) you should help me. You should be on my team. Start with them. Start with investing in them. What are they interested in? What is your spouse passionate about? You know, is it time? Is it words of affirmation? You know, those of you familiar with like the, the five love languages, what is it that that really fulfills them? How do they receive love? And how can you start with that and be proactive in investing in them? That's great. Yeah. And I think that even somebody, even even a spouse who does not see your passion being something that's going to be something you can move into and not starve, that they can get on board with the whole idea of, again, strategically using day job money to pay off debt and working that plan and seeing that, oh, wow, look at this. Like, we can do anything we want to. Huh, maybe you're right. By the way, they've been spending a lot of time with me and meeting my needs and being on my team. Maybe I should be more open with their idea. Yeah, I mean, if someone's showing so much love to you and just investing in you in every way, you're not going to help but want to give back to them because of, you know, it's something I talk about in the book, the rule of reciprocity. This is just an intrinsic human thing where if someone gives you a gift, you want to give back to them. And for most people, it happens on a subconscious level. When you give to others, they want to give back. When you buy someone a lunch, they will buy you a lunch. Or even if you buy them a coffee, a lot of times people will buy you a lunch in return because we don't like to have any sense of indebtedness. We want to wipe the slate clean and and we just want to keep closing that reciprocity loop. So when someone buys you a coffee, you want to buy them a lunch back because you want it super clear that like, hey, we're good here, you know, <laughs> like this is a, a mutually beneficial relationship. And that's just how people operate. So if you have a spouse who's kind of skeptical, maybe doesn't seem like they want to support you in this, how are you supporting them? How are you helping them achieve their goals? How are you making them feel loved? And if you do that enough, if you focus on that enough, they're going to come around. I think one of the other concerns that a spouse may have is, hey, when are you going to find this extra time that you need to experiment with these different passions to see if you like working on it or creating in it or doing it? Yeah, I mean, family has to come first. So you might be tempted to say, look, I'm going to make this happen. We're going to be in a great place. It's going to be worth the sacrifice. And you want everyone else to sacrifice with you, right? You know, hey, it's going to be great. The destination is going to be great. Well, unfortunately, no matter how great the destination is, they're only going to remember the journey. And so there's not this point where you reach the destination and you're successful and the business is running and you're making a bunch of money and you say, great, now I can spend time with you and we have all of this freedom. No one's going to be around to hear you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, they have to be on board first. The family has to come first. You've got to invest in them. And I don't know what your situation looks like. I don't know what time you have, but the family time can't be what you sacrifice. Where else are you spending time? And what are the sacrifice, sacrifices you can make on your time 
you know, the the time you spend browsing social media or watching Netflix or watching the next episode of your favorite show, where's the time that you can reclaim that you're spending on yourself and then invest that into your passion? Yeah. And I, and I think an easy cop out is, well, I have this day job that I don't really love. So when I get home, I am exhausted. So I need to recharge a little bit by watching some TV. And I, I just... I want to call that out because one, I've done that and I always feel worse instead of better. That's totally true. <laughs> I mean, there are moments like I, I would say instead of doing that, like sit down and talk to the kids while you're helping. I, I don't know. There's there's so much more productive use of your time than pseudo recharging through things that aren't really of any value when it comes to really using your time the best you can when you're in such a crunch like this. Yeah. And when you look back at all the time that you've done, all the times that you've done that, because we all have done this, right? We felt exhausted. We come home, we just mindlessly browse social media. We watch Netflix, we play video games, we have our vices and we don't really feel all that great afterward. And we tend to get stuck in this rut and we repeat that and we say, oh, I need to recharge. I need to recharge. But what are you recharging for? You know, it's like recharging a phone battery. If it's always on the charger and you're saying, oh, I got to recharge, got to recharge. I'm gonna, I need to take this trip, but I don't have the battery, so I got to recharge. But the phone just stays plugged in at the wall and it never goes anywhere. What's the point? Like, what are you recharging for? It doesn't, it's not actually recharging. You're just stuck. You're stuck in a loop. So if you, if you look back on the last six months of your life and you would not be satisfied with repeating those six months, like doing it all over again, then something needs to change. Yeah, for sure. You can't make any more time. There's there's only a certain amount of hours in the day. We're talking about substituting or quitting things so that you can free up time that's already being used poorly. But it's not just about that. It's about actually using that time that you then free up and using it in an optimized and focused way specifically the free up part that you just mentioned, I want to I want to help set some people free because a lot of us have these recurring time commitments that are just eating up our calendar, eating up our schedule, eating up our day and our week. And think about it, you know, in terms of like a credit card, if you have recurring subscriptions on your credit card, you know, you you got HBO because Game of Thrones is on and now Game of Thrones is no longer on and you don't watch anything on there and it's a recurring subscription what are you going to do about that? You're going to cancel it. You're going to cancel recurring subscriptions on your card that you're no longer using because you don't want to you don't want to waste money. Yet, we don't treat our time this way. You look at your schedule, you look at the things you've committed to, time commitments, and they're not things that are getting you closer to where you want to be. At one point in the past, you said yes to something. Someone said, "Hey, do you want to come uh, volunteer for this thing every Friday night, or do you want to go to book club on Tuesdays, or you know all these different things, these little time commitments, these ongoing time commitments that have no end in sight. It's not like, hey, will you help me move this weekend? It's like, will you show up every Wednesday to this event? And you said yes. And what we're afraid of is, well, I have the thing on Wednesdays and on Thursday mornings and Friday afternoon. What we're afraid of is if we stop doing that thing, we think that we're not being consistent. We think, oh, well, maybe I'm a liar because I said I would do that thing. But when you made that commitment, 
times were different. Your, your situation was different. Your goals were different. And I just want to give anyone listening to this permission to break those commitments, those indefinite commitments you made at one point when your goals have changed. So the right time to break an indefinite commitment is when your goals have changed. So look at your calendar, look at your schedule, find the places where you've said yes to something indefinitely and say, you know what, is this getting me closer to where I want to be? And I think the other thing is then once you've freed up that time, you kind of almost need to block the calendar and say, you know, have that be dedicated time towards something else, you know, like stuff fills the vacuum. In other words, work creeps in or or things creep in to the calendar. So Mm. unless you sneak in there as soon as you've reclaimed some time and block it off for your goals, it's going to start to slowly go back to the shape it used to be in. And and why does it go back? You know, it goes back because we fill time automatically by habit. Think about it. When's, when's the last time someone said, hey, are you available on Friday at two? And you look at your calendar and you, you see, oh, I don't have anything going on. And there's nothing on, on the calendar at Friday at two. When's the last time you said no? <laughs> you know, you're, you're like, I, yes, I'm available. We just say yes. When someone says, do you have time? Are you available? We say yes. We fill time automatically by habit. That's, that's why you're never going to find time. You can only make time. And, and you have one two-letter word for making time. Really simple. It's the word no. Yes fills time. No makes time. And so you have to have a no list. If you want time, you should have a list of no's. What are the things that you're saying no to? Sometimes it might even mean saying no to good things so you can say yes to great things. What are the things you're saying no to so that you can say yes to the things that are really important to you? And, and if you've, you've started to clear out your calendar, you're starting to get rid of those old commitments, you're starting to say no, you're starting to free up this time and a new opportunity comes to you and you're thinking about saying yes, I like to use the gut check test. So this is where you imagine saying yes and then immediately think about how you feel in your gut right now. So you're asking yourself, am I spending enough time with my spouse? Am I spending enough time with my kids, with my family? Am I spending enough time to be a healthy as a person, physically, mentally, spiritually? Am I giving myself enough margin? And if your answer is no to any of those, then your answer needs to be no to anything new. Oh, I love that. The no to anything new is going to become my new mantra. I'm <laughs> no, not going to yeah. say no to that. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just so easy to fill time automatically. We, we don't naturally create margin. It's, it's just not a thing that we do, but it's something that we need and it's something we have to earn. And a lot of us feel like the word no is this negative word and we're scared to say it because we don't want to disappoint people. We don't want to offend people. But I would encourage you to think of yes and no, not emotionally, but like directions. So imagine yes and no, like left and right or up and down. And and these two words will help you navigate your life. That's a great way to put it. I like that because I, I think we get too hung up into, well, I'm going to hurt the relationship with this person. No, you know what? Half the time they don't even care. And if they do care and are so hung up on it, like you can renegotiate, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you have to stop your goals and be all about that person. 
Yeah, it's so. learning to see yes and no as directional and not emotional. Yeah, yeah. And that's hard for people. That's really hard. Totally. Well, I want people to say yes and not no to your new book. And you're making it really easy because you guys are going to be giving away the audio book. And I've created a link beyond the list.com slash overlap. That's pretty easy. And uh, I'm going to direct everybody to that for a limited time as the book's rolling out. People can go there and grab the audio book for free. What are you doing? Like, this is crazy. Uh, it's a little bit crazy. By the way, super <laughs> smooth transition. You're a pro, Eric. Uh, I do hope people say yes to this. It's kind of crazy. I Honestly, I don't know if it's uh, the best idea, but three or four years ago, actually, it was it was four years and two weeks ago that I first started talking about this concept of overlap. And I finally, I started writing the book three years ago and then I got 20,000 words in. I scrapped it because I realized I was writing the book I, I wanted to write and not the book people needed to read. And I'm really glad that I recognized that before I started finishing it. You know, So I, I went back to the drawing board and spent the next several years uh, having hundreds of conversations with people who felt stuck. And I, I wanted to learn what is it that's holding people back? And I found out that it's not just the business stuff. Like the book does cover the really practical stuff around building a business. Oh yeah. But it's, there's, it, there's so much that we have not talked that we, we will not have in this conversation that you cover in this book for people wanting to dig deeper into the, the business side, the monetization side, even some of the marketing side of these passions and making money off them and doing, making a living off them. I appreciate you expanding on that. Um, the book does cover that, and it's originally what I wanted to focus on, but I, I now kind of reverse engineered it to first help people get unstuck and then give them the practical steps. So all of the things like my family's not on board or you know my spouse doesn't support me or I come home exhausted or I'm not motivated, all of those things is what the book helps you with first, and then it gives you the practical steps. So three years ago, I had this crazy idea. I told people I was going to give the book away and uh, I'm, I want to make good on my promise. So the audiobook is something that we're selling after the launch, but I do want to give it to anyone who's listening to this for free. Uh, and that's beyond the to-do list.com slash overlap. So if you've made it this far into the podcast, we did something really cool with the audiobook. I don't know if you've checked this out, Eric. But I did. This when, is genius. When people grab it, they get a link that they can't, it's like a feed link that you can just drop into your favorite podcast app and instantly you've got the audiobook there in your podcast app and every chapter is just basically an episode and you can listen. I, I love that because especially for people who are podcast listeners already, like this is frictionless in terms of getting audio content and then absorbing it, consuming it. So oh, that's a good word. Great, I like that great job, man. So so yeah, I mean, that, that's the landing page for this at, at this point. Beyond the to-do list.com slash overlap, go there. And I think there's a, I mean, there's probably a limit to when that'll cut off. So you want to rush to go do that. But, you know, then you can also buy the book. <laughs> yeah. So if, uh, if, if you're listening to this much later, uh, the book launches on September 14th. So anytime before that, we're giving the audiobook away. Uh, at the launch, I think we'll probably give people the audiobook with purchase. And then probably after September, it'll be a separate thing that people can buy. Awesome. Sean, I'm first off looking forward to seeing you in a few weeks in Nashville. And I'm really excited for people to go grab this audiobook and then the real book, the physical book, and see some of the lives that are going to be changed by this. 
Thank you so much, Eric. I really appreciate you saying that. And uh, it's, it's been great to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Okay, just as a reminder, make sure to go over to beyondthetodolist.com slash overlap and grab the overlap audiobook for free from Sean. Then make sure to go over to beyondthetodolist.com slash 187 to the show notes of this episode. And if you know of somebody who needs to hear this episode or needs to go grab that free audiobook, click the share button. Let them know through social or email about this episode. And then make sure to go check out Formstack at formstack.com slash beyond to see how to make beautiful and highly functional branded forms in minutes to collect data from inside and outside your business. Remove that pain point from your workflow. Again, go to formstack.com slash beyond, get that free trial, and then use the promo code beyond to get 25% off your first three months. Hey, thanks again for listening. I will see you next episode. Hey, thanks for listening to the end. If you're looking for a show to start helping you apply these productivity lessons on your business, check out Millionaire University. It's real lessons from real entrepreneurs teaching you what you need to know to improve your business or start one if you've been putting it off. It covers all aspects of business from starting, marketing, growing, managing, and everything in between, wearing all the hats. And as an added bonus, I am conducting a number of those conversations, those interviews, so you'll fit right in. Again, that's Millionaire University. Just search for it in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast.